Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hi, hi everyone. Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a podcast about the show Teen Mom. <laughs> I don't know if it's so, I mean, I, it's still going to be about the show Teen Mom, but I think this week was the season finale, whatever that means in the terms of Teen Mom 2. Um, and I mean, I guess we're going to get two reunion episodes. I haven't really seen like anything advertised about it. And then I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the future will hold. I definitely want to do a Plathville episode because I know that's coming back soon. Um, so we'll see. Maybe throwback episodes. I haven't done a ton of um, OG throwback episodes, so maybe get into some of those. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe like some Teen Mom 2 season three. I feel like I haven't done a lot of like that era of Teen Mom 2. I like doing the throwback episodes, though. If you want to hear me talk about non-Teen Mom things, please go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Uh, this week I did an episode on Sherry Papini and, like, fake her faking her kidnapping, and I really found it to be interesting because it's like, <laughs> okay, I am, like, kind of obsessed with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial right now. I also did an episode on that. Johnny Depp is truly monster. Everybody in 10 years is going to look back at this trial and be like, I can't believe we treated Amber Heard this way. Um, And I will be doing my I told you so dance uh, a la Will and Grace. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Deborah Messing. Um, Where was I? Oh, but everybody is like calling Amber Heard gone girl. And I thought it's really interesting to talk about Cherry Bipini. It's just coincidental. This episode was sponsored like a while ago. But it's coincidental because Sherry Papini, like, tried to Gone Girl. And what Sherry did is, like, what Gone Girl actually looks like in real life and that it doesn't fucking work. (laughs) And that, like, nobody is able to keep up with that level of deception. So, yeah, you can hear that. My Johnny Depp episode, my Exo Jane episode, my Vanderpump Rules episodes, all on my Patreon, patreon.com slash LizExplains not sure what I'm going to do this week. I haven't quite landed on it. But there's not like that much going on in the teen mom world. Uh, Caitlin has been posting more stuff in support of Roe v. Wade, which is great. Love that. Um, I did see somebody. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't remember who it was. But oh, wait, hold on. I want to look because this was like a really funny exchange. Oh, it was Jess. Okay. Uh, Internet friend of mine, Jess. So I posted Caitlin had Uh, posted like a good post on her Instagram and I put it on my story and she responded like, yes, I'm so proud of Caitlin. And then like a minute later, she sent me a screenshot of somebody asking Caitlin, like, if it's your body, your choice, do you feel that way for vaccines? And Caitlin responded, why do you think myself and my children are not vaccinated? That's why. And (laughs) so just said, whoopsie, never mind. (laughs) But you know, this is highs and lows. This is teen mom. Um, I'm kind of surprised here Caitlin's not vaccinated. I don't like the kids. I'm not that surprised about. I mean, actually, I think only only Nova could be vaccinated, which she should be. But the other kids are too little. I wonder she said me and my kids aren't vaccinated. I wonder if Tyler's vaccinated. I'm definitely curious about that. Caitlin, you should get vaccinated, especially if she's still doing that microblading. Is she still doing that? I don't really look at Caitlin's Instagram. But 
if she's doing microblading, she's like all up close in people's face. Like, get vaccinated. Everyone go to vaccine.gov <laughs> and find your vaccination place. I'm just waiting for them to approve the the fourth shot for people under the age of 50 or whatever it is so I can go get my next shot. I'm just assuming that I'll be getting a COVID booster every year for the rest of my life. I'll get my flu shot and my COVID booster. I'm like so fine with that. I don't... <laughs> I've said this before, I just don't really understand the mentality of, like, being anti-medicine of any kind, and I do think it's probably because I'm a drug addict that I'm like, yeah, give me the drugs, like, of course, I'll take anything. Um, But, yeah, as I said, there's, like, not a ton going on in Teen Mom this week. I did see Mackenzie McKee is claiming that MTV ghosted her. (sighs) Oh, I will say, last week I was talking about Mackenzie McKee having that like weird why is nobody talking about the babies and I assume that meant because she was pro-life but she did some more tweets this week and I actually do think she's pro-choice which is surprising to me but Mackenzie McKee says MTV ghosted her do I believe that MTV ghosted her no no do I believe MTV was like we're not really sure what we're going to do for the next season. So we'll see. Uh, We'll let you know if we need you going forward. And then they just never called her. Yeah, that I could definitely believe. I don't see any world in which Mackenzie McKee is offered a spot on this combined show. But also, who fucking knows? I I don't know anything that MTV is going to do. It's really hard to predict what MTV is going to do around the show because a lot of it doesn't seem rational or make any sense in my opinion like the fact that the show is still in the air doesn't make a ton of sense <laughs> so we'll see uh, Kaylin says that she's absolutely not coming back now I've seen a lot of people be like I don't believe her I believe that Kale as of now believes that she's not coming back will Kaylin end up coming back we'll see um, Kale is now claiming that she makes more on her podcast than she does on Teen Mom. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, I do think that people truly don't understand how much money there is in podcasting. Like, I, I, it's the same as influencing, right? Like, I think when Kale says her podcast, she means like, her online brand. Um, I've said this before. Besides Chelsea, Kale is really the only other like original teen mom who has really monetized her online brand. She makes a lot of money influencing. I think she does make a lot of money on her podcast. I'm not totally sure how much she makes on the ads, but the fact that Kale has three podcasts and no Patreons kind of leads me to believe that she's making a lot of money on her ads because she would be leaving so much money on the table. With, I mean, she is leaving so much money on the table. I I don't really get why she doesn't have a Patreon. Um, I like she she has a bunch of fans. That's the other thing. Like, I think that when it comes to somebody like Kale, the people that are active in like the Teen Mom community hate her, right? Like, because she's unbearable. Kale is an unbearable person. She is stubborn. She's rude. She's like a hypocrite. She's a bully. Like, she's abusive. Like, there are so many legitimate reasons to dislike Kale. I'm not saying there's not. But outside of the, like, 
the hardcore fandom that we are, I think Kale is possibly one of the most popular teen moms. Uh, the Ashley did that poll of like who their favorite, who's people's favorite teen mom. And I believe Kale or like who they wanted to see most on the combined show, whatever. And Kale was like number one. Like, I think people like her. I think that her podcast has an audience outside of Teen Mom um, or people that watch Teen Mom but don't keep up with the show at all anymore. And they were like kind of intrigued by Kale's posts about the podcast. So they started tuning in. Um, every time the podcast gets posted about on Reddit, everyone's like, who the fuck is listening to this? But then there'll also be like 40 comments of people being like, just like randomly admitting like they do listen to her podcast. Uh, I check the charts sometimes for hers. She's always in the top 50 of her category. Um, I like I think that she is successful at the podcast. Like I said, I don't really know why she's not on Patreon. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me because I if you are a top 50 podcast, like a top, even just in your section, like in your category, like you can be making tens of thousands of dollars on Patreon. I don't think people quite understand. I don't think I quite grasped it until I went on Patreon. And if I, because I believe money transparency is important, I make almost $5,000 a month after the Patreon cut. On Patreon, I'm like very close to $5,000 a month. And if I can make that, this Feathers in My Hair gets like four to 6,000 downloads every week, which is not a lot. <laughs> like, that is not a lot of downloads. I make very little money for my advertisements. I actually don't know if I'm allowed to say how much money I make from them, but it's it's nothing. It's very little. Like, it, it's bare, like, it's, it's just not a lot. Some months it's truly not, like, truly I don't have any advertising to bill out for. Um, but it's really not. It's un, It's like $150 like per ad basically a month. It's very little. <laughs> it's a little more than that, but it's not a lot because this is not a big podcast. Um, I crack into the top 200 every once in a while on TV and film. Although I will say that TV and film category is annoying as fuck because like all of the top podcasts are like bachelor people or reality TV people, but they're not actually talking about reality TV. They're just people who happen to be on reality TV who have podcasts. It's such bullshit. But people who have a lot of listeners can. Oh, I was saying like, so I get like four to five thousand listeners a month on Feathers My Hair. I have about one that I think right I just looked at it. I have like a thousand fifty patrons on Patreon. So if you are someone like Kale and you're getting, I would guess she's getting 50,000 to 100,000 downloads each week. Um, she could get a lot of people <laughs> to sign up for that Patreon for an extra episode a week or even only two episodes a month. That's a thing that a lot of the big podcasts do, just two bonus episodes a month. People clearly want to support her. People clearly like her. I think outside of Teen Mom, she's kind of likable in some ways. Like, I think if you just listen to her podcast and you follow her on Instagram, she has really cute kids. You don't have to see her kind of being stubborn and annoying. She can be introspective when she wants to be. So I just think people really undervalue Kale's appeal to people. And do I, like I said, I don't know if her podcasts are making her more than each, ep like I, I think, I mean, years ago they were at $25,000 an episode for Teen Mom. So let's say they're 
$35,000 an episode for Teen Mom. Do I believe each podcast episode she's doing is making her $35,000? No. <laughs> no, I do not. Um, but do I believe that like over the course of the year that she makes more money podcasting and Instagram influencing? Yeah, I do. I I absolutely do. Now, is it like a huge amount of money to leave on the table if she's not on Team Mom anymore? Yeah, of course. That's like a huge pay cut. They're making like $500,000 or more every season. My other thing is um, I am a little confused on like what this new show is going to look like. So Kale says that she was offered a spot on the new show but turned it down because it's a reduced pay and there's going to be like a bunch of people and she doesn't feel like her story will be able to be told. Who are they offering this show to? What is this show going to look like? I guess in some ways it would make sense to kind of bring almost everyone and then like rotate out people like every three episodes. I think, I mean, that might be a better format. And then also they want to keep doing those like team mom family reunions. Um, so I maybe that's what they're trying to do. I would believe it's less of a pay cut or it's a pay cut because if you're not going to be on every episode, you're not going to get paid for every episode that season. Um, So many people on Reddit don't believe that Kale is offered a spot and to that I say, you're a fucking idiot if you think Kale was not offered a spot on this new show. There is no way, there's zero possibility that all of the original moms to this franchise that are still filming were not offered a spot on this show. There's zero, there's zero percent chance. Is Kale annoying to film with? Sure. We will talk about it when we get to her segment this week. Does MTV care about that? No, no, they were fucking at one point. David was threatening to shoot the fucking producers. So they were flying Janelle to different states to film with her. You think that they really care that much if they have to wait outside Kale's office for three hours sometimes? No, they've talked about this. When you watch that, remember they did that special a while ago and they were like, who's the hardest mom to film with? And they're like, oh, Caitlin, for sure, Caitlin. Uh, we'll text her and she won't answer for five hours when we're there and ready to film. Like, this is what being a reality TV producer is like. I think that showing the behind the scenes, I love, but I think it's hard for some people because they compare themselves and their lives to filming a reality TV show. And they say things like, well, if my boss was ready to work for three hours and I told him to stand outside and then I gave him the middle finger, I'd be fired. Okay, well, are you on reality TV? Then I don't want to fucking hear about it. Why do I give a fuck what your boss would do? Yeah, my boss at my legal office would also not love it if I gave him a double middle finger. But guess what? I work at a law firm. (laughs) It is uncomparable to what they're doing on the set of reality television show. All of these people are hard to film with and they're assholes and they've inflated egos. And that's just what filming reality TV is. As I said, if you look at their Instagram, you look at their engagement, Kale has the most Instagram followers. I was kind of looking at everybody's engagement. Leah actually seems to have some more engagement on her posts than Kale does. But Leah has been completely unable to or uninterested, I don't know, to monetize her Instagram for reasons I don't really understand. But Kale gets a ton of likes, a ton of comments. She has a ton of followers. They want her on the show. (laughs) There is zero way, based on the way that we have watched this show operate for the last, how long has this show been on the air now? 12, 13 fucking years. Kill will be on the new season if she wants to be. 
now I think she will be I think at the last minute she's gonna be like okay okay I'm not done telling my story I just wanted to really finish out my story she's like gonna say some shit like that but she's gonna be on the new show if she wants to be it just doesn't make any sense who there's no way that Leah Kale Amber Macy and Caitlin are not getting offers for this new show the whole reason that Teen Mom is still on the air is because they've had most of the same people this whole time. I saw some people online be like, well, if Nini can be replaced, Kale can be replaced. And I'm like, they're not the same show. Nini on Real Housewives of Atlanta. It doesn't make any sense to compare Real Housewives with Teen Mom. Not a single thing. It does like I see all the time people talk about like different reality TV shows. Well, this reality TV show got rid of this person and it's fine. Teen Mom up until, what, three to four years ago, was not a rotating cast at all in any way. Then they only started adding people when somebody left. Well, I guess Brie was added before somebody left. But, like, this is not a franchise in which they, like, switch out who is on this show. Um, MTV clearly likes filming these people's stories for long periods of time. This show seems to get terrible ratings and yet it's still in the fucking air (laughs) i don't know i just find it really i feel like people are projecting their personal and also like their either their facebook their reddit or their twitter communities ideas onto what is going to happen on the show forgetting that like the majority of people who actually watch the show are just like casual viewers actually that i don't know i don't know who's still watching teen mom in this day and age. Although, oh my God, I, <laughs> I was watching uh, Maya Knight's TikToks recently. She's like doing these Q&As. She has these two twins. She's like the biggest TikToker in the world, basically. Um, or at least like the biggest one that comes on my For You page. I don't get like the teens that are huge. Definitely the biggest like mommy TikToker. And she said that somebody was like, so what's it like when have you had people like reach out to you that you're big fans of? And twice in this video she mentioned teen moms reaching out to her because teen mom is one of her favorite shows and she's been watching it forever and i left i was like what the fuck and so yeah i i'm gonna reach out to my aunt no just kidding i would never i would never ask her to come on this but (laughs) that really i was like wow maybe some younger people because i think she's like 23 maybe some younger people like do watch teen mom i don't know i think that the new show will be those five originals, I think Brie will probably be offered a spot. I think Jade will be offered a spot. I think Cheyenne will be offered a spot. That's eight. I could see them rotating between eight people. Um, oh, and Ashley. I, I think Ashley would probably get a spot, right? I think Jade before Ashley. I think they like Jade better than Ashley. But I can see them wanting like not nine or ten people and then they rotate out who they're showing like every few weeks would I like that I don't know I mean I don't like this show the way it is (laughs) I'm open to change right I'm curious what they're gonna call it I I don't know I are they gonna I wonder if they're gonna announce it at the team mom 2 reunion next week is that what's gonna happen sorry could you say oh my god my fucking watch scares the shit out of me when it goes off when siri thinks i'm talking to her (laughs) heart attack i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens with this new show i 
like I said, I think if Kale wants to be there, she'll be there. I think Leah will definitely take the new show. I think Macy will definitely take the new show. I think Caitlin and Amber will definitely take it. I think Cheyenne will probably take it unless MTV gives her something different. I think MTV likes her and Corey, so maybe they'll have them doing something else. I I just don't see a world in which all of these people, except for like Mackenzie McKee, <laughs> are not invited onto this new combined series. I haven't seen any announcements for OG coming back. It's possible I missed it, but I don't think I did. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on this week. There's also some Kale and Bree drama, but I think I'll talk about it when I'm talking about uh, Bree's segment because they're, I think it will be more relevant. So let's take a really quick break and then we'll get into this week's episode, which I actually enjoyed. I know I just spent 20 minutes talking about how much I hate this show, but I had fun this week. (laughs) Okay, let's start with Leah. Oh, my notes are in a different place than they normally are. I have something ridiculous to say, and I I understand how ridiculous it is, and I want... (laughs) I want everyone to know that I understand how ridiculous this is, but it just shows how insane that I am that this was my thought. Leah was spending this episode talking about the possibility of getting married, and she was saying things like, I know a lot about marriage. And I genuinely thought in my head, I feel like I probably know more about marriage than Leah does. (laughs) Now, have I never been married? Yes. Has she been married twice? Yes. But here's here's the thing. When Leah talks about her, like, knowledge of marriage, I'm like, okay, so she was married. By the way, a bunch of people reached out to me and were like, I checked the dates. Leah got married at 18, not 17, which I thought. But she was married to Corey for, what, one year when she was 18 years old and cheated on him the entire time. And then she got married to Jeremy after knowing him for, like, one minute. And then they were together for, what, like, two years? And she was deep in her drug addiction. And also, Jeremy did not live with her 90% of the time he was away. So when she talks about, like, the marriages that she knows about... Oh, also, she she don't have the entire marriage. I'm like, do you really know about marriage? (laughs) Like, like I, I know how ridiculous that sounds, but I feel like Leah actually doesn't have experience with marriage. Leah has experience with, like, shitty teen relationships. And we all have those experiences. Her shitty teen relationships just happen to be legally binding because she's, I don't know, from a a place that pushes marriage when you get pregnant and from a mom who's insane and pushed her to get marriage and she thought she should be married. That's, like, I, I just, if I was Jalen, I'd be like, those don't really count. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how long was she married to Corey? I need to double check. They did not even make it one full year. They got married in October 2010 and divorced in June 2011. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) They made it. What's that? Six months? Isn't that only six months? Because my half birthday is November 30th and my birthday is May 30th. That's six fucking months. (laughs) That does not count. It doesn't count. Not only is it six months, but you cheated on him the entire six months. And then let's see how long she was married to Jeremy. 
Oh my god, that's so funny. Six months. What a funny reveal. Okay, she did last a little longer than I remembered with Jeremy. It was from 2012 to 2015. So that's three years. But once again, I maintain that, one, she was an active drug addict at this time. Two, she was cheating on him the entire time. And three, she didn't live with Jeremy. Almost any of the marriage. So I wish, I understand like she has hurt and pain around marriage. I'm not denying that whatsoever. But I would love to see Leah like go to therapy and so she could like work with a therapist to kind of unpack how a marriage with Jalen or any other like adult partner would be extremely different than a marriage with Corey or Jeremy. And I'm not saying Leah has to get married. If Leah doesn't want to get married, she shouldn't get married. Um, I don't really believe that she doesn't want to get married, though. That's the other thing. When Leah's like, I don't ever want to get married again, I'm like, I don't believe you, honestly. <laughs> That's not something I believe in my heart to be true when I hear Leah speaking. I I think that Leah has trauma around marriage. Of course, how could she not, right? Like, she was going through a really tumultuous time during both of these marriages. They were played out on fucking TV. Uh, her divorce was played out on TV. The cheating stuff was played out on TV. Uh, the breakup with Jeremy, like every detail was written about it. Because if you remember at the time that Ashley had, I I think people in her family like talking to her, to Leah, or talk people in Leah's family talking to the Ashley like every day, giving like play-by-play updates on what was going on in Leah's marriage and how she was cheating on him and the deer cam and everything like that. I'm actually curious, like, if Leah has ever really done therapy. Like, I, she did rehab, right? Like, she went to rehab. That's great. I don't know if she went to, like, outpatient. And we know that she did that, like, power, that cult, like, two years ago or three years ago where she was, like, definitely getting, I'm sure, like, therapy tactics because I think they use, like, therapy tactics in these cult because they teach you, like, how to feel good about yourself so that you rely on the cult, whatever. Um, who was I watching that was, like, Nexium? Oh, there's a new book. Wait, you should read this book by, I need to look up the name of it. It's Janelle Brown, who is an author I like. Janelle spelled with an A, and it's not <laughs> Janelle Brown, a sister wife's name, but she has a new book called I'll Be You. That's like a mix up of child actors and Nexium. I really, I liked it. But I'm curious if Leah has ever really like done the work in therapy to like look at her patterns and look at her first two marriages and really like separate herself from where she is now and you guys know I still think Leah has like a bunch of issues that she has kind of managed to make people forget about because she looks really pretty now but I I think a therapist could really help her like identify how different of a person she is now and how her first two marriages well one was for six months and it doesn't count (laughs) A six-month marriage doesn't count. And the other one, she was in active addiction. I also kind of think she was already in active addiction when she was with Corey. Sorry, I do. You guys know that. I think she started drugs way before the botch up Adoro with Addie. Um, She's high in season one of Teen Mom 2. I'm 100% sure of that. So I think a therapist could really help her, like, identify why she's, like, scared of a new marriage. (sighs) If she wants to get married. 
because I don't think you should have to want to get married. I want to be clear with that. But I, I do think Leo wants to get married. She is with somebody who wants to get married. So if you're going to be in a long-term committed relationship with someone and they make it very clear that they want to get married, you either need to break up with them or decide that you want to get married, right? Like Jalen, I think, is pretty upfront with what he wants. And so I think it would really benefit Leah if she could like really be like, okay, I was a complete, first of all, I was 18 years old. When I married, when I married Corey, I had two little babies. I was overwhelmed. I was broke. Life was really fucking hard. Life was really, really hard for me. I had a very traumatic childhood. I had been through physical and sexual trauma at this point. Like I was dealing with this, living out loud on MTV. And then with Jeremy, like he was never around. It was never a happy relationship. We were never going to work. We were never partners. We rushed into it the minute, like the minute we got together, we were already engaged and pregnant. Like then she had the abortion that that was like trauma for her because she had to like pretend it was a miscarriage on TV and with Jeremy. And like there was just so much happening in her life that does not apply to her life today. And I would love for her to like really be able to recognize like, I mean, as far as we know, right? Jalen and Leah are in like a true partnership. He's a good guy. He loves her. He's reliable and he's interested in being in the type of relationship she's interested in being in, right? Like I, and I, th- I truly think that's the first time that she's found somebody like this. I mean, I guess Jason was that guy, Jason, that she dated, but I don't think that was ever like a true click for her. I think that she got swept up in that relationship. And but as far as we can tell now, I think her and Jalen like do work well together. Like I think that they from what we've seen, they seem like a good couple. And I would love Leah to be able to like work through that fear because I think the anti-marriage thing is not a like conviction or morals like base belief. It's a fear base belief that she has and it sucks you don't want to live your life ruled by fear this episode her sister's getting married Royer comes from is that how you say his name because it's spelled r-o-g-e-r and i know g is like a soft g in spanish but i don't know if i trust leah <laughs> i don't know if i trust leah's pronunciation for anything so if any spanish speakers could let me know if that's a correct pronunciation for his name, because I don't want to use an incorrect pronunciation, even if it's Leah that is giving me how she thinks it's supposed to be said. He comes, her and Victoria get married. This is Victoria's third marriage, I believe. Uh, Victoria is Elizabeth Taylor. She will be married seven times in her life. (laughs) They talk about how Leah and Roy are just like perfect for each other. And I'm like, do we know, like, can they really know that? They have spent what, like four weeks together, their entire relationship combined? Like, I mean, good luck. That's the problem. Our immigration system is so fucked up. Like, you shouldn't have to marry the father of your child just so he can, like, come here and live with his child. Like, oh, God. Visas, (laughs) hot take, guys. The U.S. immigration system is fucked up. I mean, I'm happy for them. Victoria seems really happy. The, they get married at the courthouse. It's pretty cute. And, and like I said, in this episode, Jalen makes very clear, like, he wants to get married. He wants to get married and he wants to have babies. Um, Leah's also said she never wanted any more babies. And she's definitely going to have a baby with Jalen. I, as Like, as long as Leah can get pregnant, there will be a baby with Jalen. 
I think that Jalen wants to have a little baby, and I think it makes total sense. I, I'm sure he loves the girls, but the reality is, is one, I mean, the twins are already 12 or 13, they're 12 now, right? And Addie is like 10. How old is Addie? Is she 8 or 10? She's like 8, 9 or 10. She's one of those ages. And I don't want to say they're like grown up, but they're big. And they, and Jalen is also young, (laughs) And Leah's still pretty young. I think Leah's 30, Jalen's 25. Like, I I think they'll be having another baby. And I think it makes sense that Jalen would want to have a baby of his own. And I kind of hate using that phrasing, like, when there's stepkids involved. But it's not like Cole, where he was, you know, in Aubrey's life from the age of, like, four. There's a big difference between uh, getting into a relationship with someone who has young kids and someone who has, like, middle schoolers. Um, it's just a totally different experience. And I think it makes sense that Jalen would want to like experience having like a baby and going through like an entire life with this baby. So I think they'll be married by what the fuck? Why is my watch going off? I was not even touching it. Oh God. I don't know why it's doing that. I'll take it off. Um, I think that they'll be engaged. When's their one year anniversary in August in Costa Rica? I bet they'll like go back to Costa Rica or go somewhere for their one year anniversary. They'll get engaged at the one year anniversary. They'll be married by the end of this year and, and pregnant. I, I think wedding and pregnancy announcement come December, 2022. Like I, I, that's what I, I mean, mark it down. It could be even sooner, but that to me sounds like a very believable timeline. I Leah like is saying all this stuff like what's the point of getting married it's just a piece of paper and I think it's fine if you think that way um but I I understand why Jalen doesn't think that way I personally don't really think it's just a piece of paper and that not like because like religious values or anything but there is like a legal benefits to becoming someone's legal next of kin right and I think it's very reasonable that Jalen wants to get married, have kids, like live that life path. From what I can tell, he came from like a really unstable childhood. I think his mom was like in and out of the picture. She had some serious drug problems. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he just wants to have like a traditional family that he was not given. She's going to come around. Also, like she had only been with this guy for like less than six months at this point. You know, like this has been less than six months that they're together. So I'm sure a year into it, she'll probably feel different. God, they're moving so fast. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, another person who had a marriage-like topic this week was Ashley and Barr. Um, Ashley and Barr are now all better. Everything is fixed. (laughs) I'm finding their storyline hard to follow. I... I don't know what changed. Is it that Barr got a job? Is that is that the big difference? Like Barr got a job and that's really all she needed from him? Because that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm not I'm not disputing that. I think that if you are a hard worker and you're the one that's primarily raising your child and you have a fucking bum living with you who won't work, him getting a job and like showing that he can go to the job every single day and like be reliable would be a huge difference in your marriage. Like that makes sense but they're not really articulating that and I don't like I don't get it and I don't think this is Ashley Barr's fault I think it's MTV's fault like they just 
they go from their like this whole season with them has just been very hard for me to like pinpoint what's going on we open with them getting married or like we open with them already married they have no explanation for why they decided to get married but they let us know that they're about to sign divorce papers because they're so unhappy then it like escalates to the fact that ashley is like hysterically crying at wine painting night because anybody's asking her what's going on in her marriage then her and bar go on a walk a filmed walk where they're like let's go to couples counseling and then we get two episodes of her talking about vaccines. And now we're like, Ashley and Barr are better than ever. I just, I feel really confused on what's going on. I think that MTV really fucked up this season with them. They did not, which sucks because I think that they actually, Barr and Ashley, as people, are probably the most interesting people on Team Mom 2. Just as far as like being funny and entertaining and like having really complex relationships in their lives with their family, having stuff actually going on outside their home. Like Ashley's opening this salon. Barr has all of this court issues. So I'm just curious why MTV gave us such like a fractured storyline. And I don't know if it's because we were supposed to watch Team Mom Family Reunion, which I did not watch all of because they were like Dr. B like really helped us on Team Mom Family Reunion. But I'm like, but didn't Team Mom Family Reunion, didn't you go to that before you started filming this season? So, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel really confused. I need to sit down with Barn Ashley and get some details. I need answers. It's hard for me to feel excited. Like, this finale episode for them is they're talking about how Bar had lost his wedding ring and it kind of happened in well, first of all, he said it happened in a parking lot of a casino. I'm like, so you were drunk. <laughs> okay. Um, but they are like, we're doing so much better. He didn't want to buy a ring because they weren't even sure if they were going to stay married. And so Ashley decides as kind of like a symbol of her love. She's going to buy him a replacement ring and give it to him because she hasn't been wearing her ring. And so she's going to start wearing her ring again. And I was like, oh, that that's actually really nice. Like, and I think that if I had an explanation for almost anything in their relationship I would have found this a lot more heartwarming instead I'm feeling confused right like I just I feel confused by this storyline and like I said I think that's mostly MTV but probably also Ashley Barr not being willing to like put out there everything that's going on because I I think a lot of Ashley Barr's issues are drug related drug and alcohol related and than like court related and I think that they are probably pretty embarrassed by it and I think that when their fights are bad they're really really bad to the point that Ashley wouldn't want to talk about them on TV um which I get to an extent um you know especially if this is like a physically abusive situation which in the past they have alluded to at least on social media Ashley has posted those videos I mean uh I just think there's a lot going on there that we're not privy to, which I, I'm not saying we deserve it because like it's their private business. But at the same time, if you are going to be on a reality TV show and this is your going to be your storyline, then I think you and the show need to do a better job of explaining like what the fuck is going on, because I'm not excited that you're buying bar a new ring. <laughs> they talk about they like talk about how happy they are and <clears throat> Sorry, I have like a little bit of a froggy. I've had a cough all week. Um, no COVID. I like have tested a couple times. I just have terrible seasonal allergies. 
you know what's the worst is like I keep having to cough in public and I feel like such an asshole and I really am over that like I really hate that I feel like I can't cough in public because people are going to be like oh my god she's gonna give me COVID it's like no I just have crushing seasonal allergies I'm like deadly allergic to pollen and have to like stuff myself full of medicine at all times in order to ever be able to go outside (laughs) like and I'm coughing because there's pollen just like living in my throat and my nose. Oh, gosh. But they talk about where they are in their relationship. And Ashley says something like, you know, it's a lot harder. Oh, she says fixing a damaged relationship is harder than leaving. Which, of course, Mackenzie McKee like posted a screenshot of that on her Twitter and was like, yes. And I'm like, I actually don't know if I agree with that. I, d- I don't. I don't love the idea of, like, framing leaving a toxic and damaged relationship as easy. Or, like, when people say that, what they're implying is that, like, divorce is the easy way out. And that, like, it's easier just to get a divorce than to fix a damaged relationship. And I kind of think that's a toxic mindset. As you know, like, this is a divorce, uh, a supporting divorce household. This is a podcast in which we celebrate divorce we are not believers that divorce is a bad thing. <laughs> I'm pro-abortion and pro-divorce. <laughs> oh my gosh, one of my listeners. Hi, shout out to you. I want to, I, have, I have you on Twitter so I can say what your name is. Um, but she got a, <laughs> like an airbrushed Six Flags style shirt of a beach sunset that said pro-abortion. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I really want to order one. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't find your name at this exact point. But I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And I think we should bring airbrush shirts back. Remember, like, going to Six Flags or whatever amusement park as a kid and, like, it being the thrill of your life to be able to get a spray a spray painted shirt. Airbrush shirt. Airbrushing, not spray painting. Oh, I love that shit. Okay. I, I just think that, like... It's a kind of a toxic mindset to be like, well, we fix our damaged relationships, so we're working harder than the people that get a divorce. Because that's kind of implying that with that. I also think that it's there's no nobility in like fix, trying to fix a damaged relationship that's like actually hurtful to the people in the relationship. Which I would say is true for Josh and Mackenzie McKee and also Ashley and Barr. I I know I sound really judgmental with that. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, oh, guys, I know I sound judgmental. Like, this is, truly is not a podcast in which I just judge 100% of each episode. But I, I don't think Ashley and Barr make a healthy relationship. I think that there are people who that that sentiment applies to them. And I think it's lovely and beautiful that they fix a relationship. But I usually think when that happens, it's like not core toxic issues that are troubling. It's like they just like got overwhelmed with life and kids and work and like lost each other in the like in the mix of it and no longer have a romantic relationship and are just partners and are really frustrated with one another. And they're not sure if they love each other anymore. But like they they know that they did love each other and they want to get back to that. Like that to me is like fixing a damaged relationship. And that is where it's like, that is cool that, I mean, it's not good. I don't, I think divorce is morally neutral basically. Um, But it's not like, I'm not like being like, oh my God, thank God you guys worked on your relationship and didn't get a divorce. But that I agree. Like it's 
harder to work on that than to get a divorce, probably. But when you are in like a really toxic, violent, abusive situation in which I think Ashley and Barr are with a lot of substance abuse issues, legal issues, all of that, I don't think that divorce is like the easy way out. And I don't love that framing. And I also think that that ignores the fact that like leaving a toxic relationship is actually really, really fucking hard, like really, really hard. And I kind of think it's actually, well, I don't love the like dichotomy of like easy versus hard. I think that that's like a little too binary for the situation, if you will. But I do think in many ways it is a the path of least resistance to just stay in the relationship and be like, we fix things. <laughs> Even though like you really haven't fixed things, you're just like in the point of the cycle in which things are going well. And I think that that's probably really common in these Ashley and Barr, Josh and McKenzie type relationships in which you're like, we stayed together and we fixed things. And it's like, well, did you fix things or like, Things going to explode again in six months to a year. I guess time will tell. Maybe like maybe they really did do a bunch of work and we're just not getting it on TV. And that could be possible. Like I said, I think that this is like a show problem, not necessarily a relationship problem. They also said something which <laughs> a big reason I have this thought. I mean, originally, as soon as she said that I had this thought, but then they said that they had to move like they're so glad they moved because they could not be happy in their whole old house because the old house just held too many bad memories for them. And I was like, oh, they haven't fixed shit. <laughs> they haven't fixed shit. In AA, we would call that a geography change. And geography change can mean like moving apartments or it can mean moving across the country. But it's this idea that instead of working on your shit, you'll just move and you'll be a new person where you move to. And the old phrase is wherever you go, there you are. And this idea that like they couldn't have a fresh start in their house, old house because the the walls. What did she say? It was actually kind of poetic what she said. She said the walls whole oh the walls were heavy with emotions and the furniture was heavy with conversations I actually like that line I was like oh that's a good line <laughs> it's good for like a young adult novel but in real like when you're doing the real work like the setting is not it's not nearly as important as like the emotional work that you have to do and I don't think there's anything wrong with like being like I just want to get out of here and like start fresh somewhere else because I hate it here but I think that you have to be very cognizant of the fact that, like, you are not you're not going to have some psychic change because you moved to a new home. It's just not going to work like that. Um, you're either going to do the work or you're not. So we'll see. I think Bar and Ashley are going to spend the rest of their marriage, however long that is, having these like really volatile ups, ups and downs. Um, I think especially if Bar is not able to maintain uh, sobriety or I don't. I don't really know. They haven't really talked about like the status of what's going on with where he is with his substance abuse issues. I don't know if he's like just smoking pot and he's fine with that and everything's fine. I don't know if he's drinking occasionally. I think it seems pretty clear that Barr does not have a healthy relationship with alcohol. And I'm wondering if other substances are involved as well. Um, I just I I hope that they're actually in a better place. But I think that in 15 years, if Ashley has moved on, she'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, 
we didn't fix shit. We were just like in a we were just in the part of the cycle that things felt good. Okay, let's talk about JD Jade, who Sean comes home from treatment. This is she actually had like very little little going on in this episode. Sean comes home. He seems way happier. He moved right into Jade's house. As I said, I I know I literally was just like, geography changes don't do anything. But I don't think it's like living at Jade's house that's the issue. I don't think it's like the physical placement of Jade's house. I I personally think it was probably a bad idea for him to move back in with Jade and Chloe. I think that that is a lot to deal with. I think that he really should have went to some sort of transitional sober living home. Um, They're not perfect. (laughs) Trust me, I know they're not perfect. I've truly seen the worst of the worst. My ex-boyfriend used to say that he could go, this is such a sick line, but he would say like, I could go into like a perfectly good and well-running sober living house and like I start getting high and then I have five other guys, five out of eight guys high with me in five days. Like... (laughs) He's such a monster. <laughs> oh my god. And he was like living in one and I would drop off drugs and needles to the house. Oh my god. I was so, I was so out of my fucking mind. Anyway, I do think though, as somebody that lived in a sober living home for a really long time, over a year, um, I think it was like super beneficial to me staying sober. And I think it's super beneficial for most people staying sober. And I think that Sean going right back in to the trigger zone of of a relationship and a child without Jade having done any work as well uh, is not great. I think what really would have benefited them is if Sean went to a sober living home like in the general area. He saw them regularly. Jade and Sean went to couples counseling together to like work on stuff, boundaries, communication, I just don't, I think they're framing this as like all of their big issues were because of Sean's substance abuse. And I, I'm sure that is a huge part of it, right? Like, but Jade has her own fucking issues. Jade really does have her own issues. She has anger problems. She's not a good communicator. Sean is anger and he's not a good communicator. And I don't think that's just due to being an opiate addict. Has he ever said what he's actually addicted to? I don't know. I don't know if they've like ever fully confirmed it, but I don't think it's just due to that. And I think that jumping right back into playing family is just going like, to lead them back to where they were. And I hope it doesn't because Sean truly looks so good. I don't remember the last time like I felt so hopeful for somebody on reality TV who's like going through a substance abuse issue, like just physically how different he looks his voice sounds different he seems so much more like plugged into the moment he's talking about the fact that like he has so much more patience than he used to and he just feels like such a better father and partner and like I am genuinely so happy for him um they say that he's calling his sponsors so I guess he's going to meetings and doing what he's supposed to be doing in regards to that I just worry like does Sean get a job Because if Sean doesn't get a job, him and Jade are going to start fighting right away, right? Because Jade is an access service love language person. And I think that if Sean is there, like not pulling his weight in the way that she wants him to be pulling his weight, it's going to blow up quickly. So, I mean, I hope for their sake that it worked out because I really, I really feel hopeful for Sean. I just worry about this, like jumping, especially 
it sounds weird, but honestly, the longer in treatment, I think the harder it is to just go home and live a normal life because you like get so into the groove of like this really regimented scheduled treatment lifestyle. And then when you're just like back at your house, it's like, huh, okay, what am I supposed to be doing with my time? And treatment in many ways, like it doesn't teach you how to live in like the regular world. So a transitional situation in which you're going to work, you're going to meetings outside of the house, you're seeing people outside of the house, you can see your friends and your family and you can live a pretty normal life, but you still have drug tests and everybody is like around you is in this same mindset as you and it's like this therapeutic community. I just worry. I just really, I worry for Sean, but I hope it works out. I think I guess we'll find out at the reunion how he's doing. All right, let's talk about Kale. I'm going to end with Brie because some Brie and Kale drama happened and I want to like tie it into what's going on in this week's episode. So Kale goes on, first she goes on Cheyenne's podcast, which I, why was like the audio on this like, (laughs) like I could barely hear what Cheyenne was saying. It was breaking up. I'm like, what is this shit? MTV Sunday... She's in LA. Why did MTV not send a camera crew to Shy's for one day so that we could at least get some like decent audio and visual of this? But she goes on their podcast with V and I guess they do this segment that's like, tell us something that's like, what the fuck or something else. And Kayla's like, I'll do the what the fuck, but guess. And she's like, which Teen Mom cast member sent me a treadmill in the mail? Um, And it was Brie, of course, we know this. <laughs> Oh, Shy is like, what the fuck? And our Kyle is there and she goes, did she do it out of like love? <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. Oh, God. I Kale then says stuff like, well, I'm going to keep it because obviously I'm a fat bitch who needs to run and I should just go fuck myself. And like, <laughs> Kale's hurt by this. She's upset, which Rightfully so, right? Like, I would be hurt by that. I would actually feel like at this point in my life, somebody calling me fat wouldn't really hurt me because, like, I know I'm fat. And if they just sent me a free treadmill, I'd be like, sick. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) That's cool. Like, I I honestly think I'd be mad for, like, a minute and then I'd be like, all right. (laughs) Like, they're expensive. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just, I... I feel for Kale to an extent because anytime you get body shamed, it sucks, right? Like, I do feel for Kale in this aspect, but at the same time, I don't feel for her because she is the one that keeps escalating it with Brie. And if you escalate with a shitty, petty person, they're going to keep pushing back. And that's what, like, I can't understand about any of Kale's actions when it comes to Brie, and it's why Kale needs to do so much work on herself. Because, like, is it shitty that Brie possibly had sex with a second one of Kale's exes and baby fathers of a man that she clearly still has some sort of relationship with, even if we don't quite understand what that relationship is? Yeah, of course it's shitty. Of course Kale has a right to be angry. Of course. I see a lot of people be like, well, why would Kale care if Brie hooked up with Chris. It's like, because Kale still loves Chris. Come on. Because her and Chris have had, like, this weird, toxic, tumultuous relationship for the last, like, six years. Like, I I get why she's upset, but the way that Kale retaliates just makes everything worse. Always. 
always, always, always. And I think Kale's mindset is like, well, if she's allowed to do it, then I'm allowed to do this. And it's like, okay, but really you're just hurting yourself, right? Like you're just hurting yourself. Kale had the nerve in this episode, in this episode, to say. Because <laughs> she's talking to the producer and the producer is like, you're handling this so much better than I would. And Kale goes, you know what? I actually feel good because, like, you're so invested in your hate for me that you have to spend money trying to insult me. I don't have to do that. Girl, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, Brie spent, what, $300 on a treadmill? Because she got her, like, a shitty Amazon treadmill. You spent $200,000 suing her to try and humiliate her when it comes to Chris. Are you out of your fucking mind, Kale? I could not believe when she said that. I I gasped. I was like, what are you talking? You're in an active lawsuit. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? The producer asks her if she's going to get rid of it. And Kale goes, um, I can't. It's like evidence in the lawsuit. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. And even if it is, like, you just take a picture of it. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> this isn't a crime scene. <laughs> You don't have you don't have to keep it in your home. You just tell your lawyer what happened and you show him a picture of the treadmill getting delivered and you show him like the receipt it comes with. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I don't even think it ended up really coming into play in the lawsuit because this is a defamation case on a single act of defamation. One single thing that Bree said. I don't know like what Bree sending Kale a treadmill when Kale's talking shit about Brie online during this, that's the other thing. Like, Kale is truly the worst in that she wants to be able to do whatever she wants with no consequences. And it's infuriating. And I I think that Brie has a much better understanding of tit for tat than Kale does. And although I do not support Brie sending her the treadmill, I'll get into it. They, they film Brie doing it. And I have a lot to fucking say about that scene. Don't worry. I'm like not team Bree when it comes to that. Um, but I do think when it comes to the tit for tat of Brie versus Kale, Brie understands how ridiculous this is. She understands it's dumb. She understands it's petty. She understands her behavior is like not a good look. She understands everything that she's doing is going to like escalate drama. I just feel like Kale acts like a deer in headlights when she's like, oh my God, I can't believe Brie would do this. And it's like, you can't, you really, you can't believe that you're suing her for like talking shit online. You're suing her. You really can't believe that Brie would do this. It goes back to that thing of like, I'll kind of always be on Brie's side for this because Kale went real life with the lawsuit. Like as soon as you bring a lawsuit against another reality TV cast member for defamation, like I'm done with you. I'm done with you. You're never going to win. You're never going to win in my mind ever, 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 ever. And I just, (laughs) oh my God, Kale is such, she is so incredibly difficult to like. She is an unlikable person. And I think Brie is too in a lot of ways. But I will say, like, Brie is funny, I guess I'll say. Brie and her family are funny when they're, even though they're in the wrong. And it's not, it's not funny, right? It's bad. It's bad. It's bad what Brie does. It's not funny. But it's also funny, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't support it. But, like, I was laughing watching that scene. And I, 
I don't laugh with Kale, really. I, I never really laugh. There's nothing that ever really, like, brings me joy of any kind when watching Kale's scenes, except for, like, maybe if Lux is being cute. She's just not a joyful or funny person. She doesn't really, to me, have a lot of or any redeeming qualities. And I guess she, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So it's the next um, day or whatever, and she is supposed to be filming, getting set up for her podcast, and she doesn't feel like filming this morning. So the staff is sitting outside her office for hours, and she finally lets them in. Uh, Her friend Kristen, her assistant, nanny, whatever, Kristen is there, and Kristen had picked them up food from Buffalo Wild Wings and got a salad, and Kale's like, why would you get this salad? Nobody wants a salad. Nobody wants a salad when they order out. Nobody wants a salad. And I'm like, okay. Like, it didn't really sound jokey enough to be funny, you know? <laughs> like, just kind of sounded mean. And Kristen's like, well, I want a salad. So the producer is like, so have the boys seen their little brother? And Kale's like, I'm not talking about it. I've told, I've been told not to talk about that specific subject. And you know what? Like, If these scenes were filmed in the order that we saw them, I actually understand Kale's frustration here because Kale full stop said, I'm not, I've been asked not to talk about Chris. I've been asked not to talk about his baby. I spoke to my lawyer and she said not to talk about the baby. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And so to an extent, I understand because I think I would also feel really frustrated if I was like, this is the one thing I will not talk about. But I think what Kale doesn't seem to get or she gets it because she's not stupid she's been filming the show for 12 fucking years like she knows how this show works and she I guess has just decided she like doesn't want to play the game somehow of this I don't know I don't know she's decided that she has no idea how reality tv works so if she doesn't want to talk about Chris and his baby then she's gonna have to talk about some other drama And she just doesn't seem to want to accept that anymore. She's like, I just don't want to talk about any of my drama. And if that really is the case, then it's good that she's leaving the show, right? I do feel like it's kind of a weird... Kale's getting a weird response from people online about leaving the show because every time there's a post about her, like, refusing to film about stuff, people are like, you are a dumb bitch. You need to talk about your life or get off this show. And then she does go say she's going off the show and everyone's like, hey, dumb bitch, you're going to be broke. You think you're too good for the show? It's like, well, no, she just doesn't want to talk about this stuff anymore. And if if she really doesn't want to talk about this anymore, then I think it's great that she left the show. Like, truly, that's a really mature for her decision. I think it's the best decision that she can make. She can keep doing her podcast where she controls what she wants to talk about and not MTV. And I think it's a much better situation for her. But you can't be on a reality TV show and think that you're not going to be able to talk about this stuff. She's like, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. And then Kristen, her friend, is like, so what's up with you and Javi? And Kale's like, nothing. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, which makes sense. And Kristen, or the producer asks that. And Kale's like, nothing's going on. I'm just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then Kristen goes, so can we get an update on the lawsuit? And I was kind of surprised that Kristen asked it. Because I'm guessing MTV told her to ask it. But she's Kale's assistant, so... Kale didn't want to talk about it. Wouldn't Kristen know that? I was surprised by that moment. 
Kale goes, nope, 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 nope. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. And the production is like, well, can we talk about this or this or this? And Kale goes, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. And her production goes, well, then I guess there's not much to talk about. (laughs) And Kale rolls her eyes and she's like, I just talked about so much. And it's like, what? All she said is nothing is going on with Javi. She's always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I mean, yeah, of course they could have cut stuff out, but what else does she have going on in her life that's interesting? So this is now a different day, I believe. I was a little confused by this, but production is there to film and Larry is there. And Kale says like, oh, Larry's here in case I say something reckless. He's babysitting me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What what reckless things do you say (laughs) that can't be on this show? That you haven't been saying for the last 100 seasons of this show. So Kale says, everything that I do is babysat and watch. They're hounding me to talk about my baby dads. But where is Leah talking about Corey and Jeremy? Why would I want to film this? Okay, first of all, what the fuck is she talking about? Leah's filmed about Corey and Jeremy for years. She just, like, doesn't have anything worth filming about with them anymore. I mean, I guess... She could film about the Miranda stuff because she obviously hates Miranda and Miranda hates her. But when it comes to Corey and Jeremy, I don't feel like Leah is not talking about them. But I think the reality is, is that Corey lives an incredibly normal life that doesn't have any drama in it for Leah to talk about. And Jeremy's not around. And when Jeremy was back in the picture and she was fucking him again, it was on the show. That was such a weird thing. I saw Leah um, liked a tweet that was like, what we're not going to do is drag Leah into this when she has filmed her divorces, cheating, her drug addiction. She's always filmed everything and Leah liked it. I don't think Leah and Kale are friends anymore and I'd be curious if they're ever going to talk about it. But I found that to be a really weird comparison. I would say like Chelsea maybe. I don't... I don't know if there's anyone else, like, currently on Teen Mom that Kale can hold up as somebody that's, like, not filming about what's going on in their lives. I mean, Ashley and Barr are filming about the rest. Jade's filming about her mom going to prison. Bree's filming about all of her bullshit. So I don't really know, like, what Kale is talking about. I think Leah's life is just boring in a way that Kale's life is not. Kale's life is incredibly interesting. And that's what's so frustrating about this. Kale has so much fucking drama in her life. So much going on. So much drama. And she won't put it on TV and it drives me up a wall. So Larry comes in and or Larry is in there and he's like, well, I I don't really understand what you're saying. And Kale goes, MTV is going to fire me after this. And Larry's like, what? And Kale's like, I thought I was fired. I don't know when this was filmed. I'm a little confused as to when this was filmed. Um, I kind of think that this was filmed very shortly after she started filming again. And this is like cut out of order. And Kale's like, well, I thought I was fired. And Larry's like, well, you know, we like took a little break, but now we're back. And he said, and I really, I really feel like we have watched Leah and the guy thing and it's evolved. And Kale says, y'all don't hound anyone else about their baby dads like you do with me. Kale saying y'all sounds so weird out of her mouth. So weird. Um, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? Jade is going to visit Sean on rehab in camera. Brie puts all of her business out there with her baby dads, including when she fucked Louisa out of condom and had to go get an SCD test on TV. 
who else is on this show? Ashley films about Barr. Like, I don't, I don't get when she says stuff like that. And it's, she's unwell. Like, this is when I feel bad for her because I do think Kale is telling her truth here. Not the truth, because her truth is not the truth. But I do think in that moment, she probably genuinely feels that way. I think she feels attacked. I think she feels vulnerable. And I think that this is how she reacts to it. And it's not, it's just not, it's not a good look. It's really actually very difficult to watch on TV. And this is why I wish Kale would get serious about treating her mental health. This is what I mean when I'm like, Kale's life seems really hard to me and like really sad in many ways. And like, I hear this and yes, she does sound like an entitled brat. I'm not denying this. But when I watch this scene, what I hear is like a very sad and broken person, a person that takes everything very personally. You know, one of the four agreements is like, don't take anything personally. I think Kale takes everything that happens on this earth extremely personally. And I think that is such a difficult way to live, which is why in the four agreements it says don't take things personally, because life is really, really, really hard when everything that is done around you, you take as a personal attack on you. I really think that's how Kale operates. It's why I've talked about this, like, Kale's always in flight or fight mode and she her thing is I mean I know there's like flight fight freeze and fawn is the new one um I know like Kale is always in fight mode (laughs) like always and I think it's because she constantly feels attacked like I think that she for the majority of her time she feels like she's being attacked and that sucks Like, that sucks. Like, that is a miserable fucking way to live. I would not want to live that way. I don't think most of my listeners would want to live that way. And I know that Kale is unbearable. But you know the point of Teen Mom is to look at everything with empathy. (laughs) That this is never going to be just a hate podcast unless maybe we're talking about Mackenzie McKee. (laughs) But, like, it just makes me feel sad. It makes me feel sad that Kale is sitting there and, like, genuinely believing, like, her... MTV, her employer, is, like, attacking her this way. And it's not unfounded. I think what is missing from this piece is how incredibly hard filming a reality TV show is, especially when, like, it's, like, Teen Mom and everything that you do gets you, like, dragged 24-7 online. And you have assholes like me judging your every single move on Instagram and podcasts and Reddit, like... I think that that's really hard, and I think that that is a big reason that Kale's mentality is the way that it is. I think she was, like, naturally like that from being the daughter of a violent alcoholic and an abuse, like, just an abusive alcoholic mother. I think that this was, like, her natural maladaptive coping skill. And then I think being on TV and having people fucking hate her, like, really heightened it and, like, made it a hundred times worse. And so when I, I think that Kale does feel attacked by MTV in many ways. And I think that Kale has a really warped sense of, like, what she presents to the world and, like, what her life really looks like. So I think to her, she thinks her life is going really well. So I think she, like, convinces herself things are going well and then it's like, well, why isn't MTV showing this? I just, I don't know. This scene made me feel more sad than angry, honestly. It really did. It. I was like, oh, God. 
she's just not in a good place. So Larry is like, you know, I, I just think like that we really want to talk to you. Oh, V is there. And V goes, cause, okay, sorry. Kale's like, you don't hound anybody else about their baby dads. And V's like, well, I think it's just like the drama about Chris with V. And Larry makes a very good point. He's like, it's, it's just, he's like, it's le- honestly less the drama. It's the logistics. He's like, you have a really interesting situation going on in which you have four kids. You're juggling three different fathers and schedules and relationships. And like, all of that is interesting. And he's right. It is. And Kale is like, well, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. And the producer is like, well, you can still do the podcasts. One of the producers there, not Larry. And Kale goes, yeah, well, I make more money podcasting than I do on Teen Mom. And Larry said, <laughs> I'm proud of you with all your success, but don't forget the show made it possible. And then Kale gives the middle finger. Now, I rewound this scene. This was a Franken cut scene, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you. Everybody, if you watch this and you were like, I cannot believe that just happened, scroll back. Scroll back. Watch it. Larry is wearing a mask. You cannot see what he's saying. You can see that he's talking. You cannot see Kale's face. It's just zoomed in on Larry talking. You can't see what his lips are saying because he's wearing a mask. (laughs) A black mask. You cannot see through it. And he's talking. And then it cuts to Kale giving both the middle fingers. But we don't see them in the scene together, which means it's cut like that that's what that means if you can't see the person talking like if you if this camera is not zoomed in on their fucking lips while they're talking there's a really good chance that that was either done on voiceover or it's from a completely different scene so that's just tip number one tip number two is if you don't see like if you you're seeing like some dramatic thing like that and you don't see both people on screen it's probably at a different moment now does that scene play great? Yes. <laughs> that scene plays great. <laughs> Tell, having Larry be like, having Kale be like, I make more of my podcast than I do on Teen Mom. And Larry being like, don't forget, you have all your success because of Teen Mom. And then her giving the double middle finger. Yeah, that's a great, that's great TV. That's a great scene. I love how they edited that together. I I mean, who knows? Maybe Kale says something different on our podcast to the person that keeps coming uh to my accounts and being like you don't follow kale's podcast and this is what she says yeah i know i've openly admitted that i don't follow kale's podcast or closely follow her on social media anymore like i i feel like i'm pretty clear about the things that i do and i do not consume when it comes to the teen mom so maybe kale said something totally different on her podcast um but my my reality tv i caught that as a franken cut um Yeah. (laughs) I'd be really, really surprised if that's the exact order this happened in. Do I believe Larry said that to her? Probably. And then I bet they were like laughing and joking around for a while. And Kay was like, oh, fuck this. And like gave them the double middle finger. Because she's like not, she doesn't look angry when she does it. Like it it seems pretty lighthearted in my opinion. Um, I don't think if Kay was actually upset, she would be giving somebody the middle finger. Is it just me or does the middle finger feel really, like, retro? (laughs) Does the middle finger still get used? I feel like it really doesn't. (laughs) But I just don't think that, like, 
if this was a really angry scene, she would have done that. That's like lighthearted Kale, which I mean, says a lot about lighthearted Kale. So just my opinion, go back and watch and look for those things and let me know if you agree. I just went back to double check. She's not like laughing, but she definitely doesn't look that serious. She has like a little, a little smirk on her face at the end. And then it's like, love y'all. I don't know. I just think that that scene was made to look a lot more dramatic. I also forgot that she said that um, she wants to talk about it all, but she's nervous. And that I believe. I really do believe. All right. Let's talk about Bray, who Lewis finally shows up an hour late. And Bree seems really happy. I don't really know why this is so important to Bree that the girls are together with their dads. I don't know. I don't know if Bree knows why it's important to her either. So Brie gets an update on the lawsuit and she is told that Chris gave a deposition. I think he had actually given an affidavit, not a deposition, but basically that Chris told the court that he's the one that told Brie um, that stuff about Kale and that Brie didn't just make it up and that Chris told her, which is really like the crux of the entire lawsuit, right? Because Brie had or Kale had to prove that Brie was lot like knowingly lying like knowingly making something up and brie being like no her the person who she attacked is the one that told me is like a very 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 good defense for defamation because remember truth is the ultimate defense to defamation when it comes to public figures believing you're telling the truth is the same thing so she tells brie about it and they i guess brie chris and her lawyer had a three-way call and Bree's like, she says, like, I'm sorry that I film my whole life and you want to pick and choose what you want to show. And then I tell the Internet what's going on, according to Bree. Brett is like, well, why did you say that already on the Internet? And Bree said, because she was talking shit. I don't think that's true. What I remember happening, and this may not be accurate, is that Bree had a post up. That was like about tonight's episode of Teen Mom. And somebody was like, why didn't Kale film? And then Brie like made some sort of snide, but obviously joking comment. Uh, then I think Kale responded to it and then Brie went off. Is that right? I, I, I'm pretty sure that is what happened. Yeah, that is what happened. So I guess Brie is right. It was like such a joke. It was such a joke. It was something like, did you get Kale kicked off the show? And Brie was like, yeah, I definitely did. Like, just some stupid fucking thing that anybody with half a brain would realize was a joke. But then Kale responded. And when you respond to Brie, she's going to escalate it. She just is. She, may, I mean, I think she's pretty clear about that. So Brie says that Kale is talking about her all of the time and that when she responds, she's the asshole, which... I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I don't know if I necessarily agree with what a lot of Brie is saying in this episode. I think that Brie, I don't know, has Brie started it with Kale ever? I mean, I guess you could say that dating Javi and then hanging out with Chris is starting it with Kale. Okay, 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 okay. But also, like, Kale had Devoin on her podcast at the height of him and Brie not getting along, like, when he's leaking her number and shit, like... Kale gives as good as she gets, but I guess Brie sleeping with Javi was like the start to all of this. So I guess that is Brie throwing the first, Brie throw the first brick. (laughs) 
uh, Brie, Brie's in trouble for this. Like, that is Brie, I guess. Kale continuously choosing to escalate it is shitty. And that's why I, like, don't have a ton of empathy that even if Brie started this, if Kale had just chosen to be, like, normal and be civil. And I know, like, the response from people who are, uh, who like drama would be like, well, why does Kale have to say civil if Brie's doing that? It's like, because, because that's what being an adult is, you know, like being an adult is like recognizing that a lot of the times, like people are going to do things that piss you off. And if you don't respond, then it ends there. And that you not responding is the right thing to do. And Kale's completely incapable of that. And then Brie is also completely incapable of that. And I do think that Brie is the type that like makes these little moves and then, like, you explode and then she ramps it up even more. Like, I do believe that to be true. But the reason, like I said, the reason that I'll always be on Bree's side here is because Kale filed a fucking lawsuit. A f- bullshit lawsuit over something that she knows she did. <laughs> and I can't abide. I cannot abide by that. Oh, Britt asks, like, do you think Kale's going to be upset and talk about this online that Kale gave the deposition? And... Kale's or Brie says that she doesn't think so because she thinks that Kale's going to be embarrassed that like her baby dad testified for Brie and she's just like not going to say anything. She's going to be secretly mad, which I get. That's not what happened, of course. (laughs) We know that's not what happened. So in our next scene, by the way, the timeline on this is weird because didn't Chris testify right around Thanksgiving because they said that it ruined Kale's Thanksgiving in the lawsuit? Um. Brie gets a notification on her phone and she literally is like sitting there with her draw, her jaw dropped. And Britt is like, girl, pick up your jaw and tell me what's going on. Um, That's when Kale posted that Brie and Chris fucked. And Britt goes, well, did you? <laughs> Brie says, no, she didn't. And Brie's like, okay, I need to call my lawyer. I need to call my lawyer because I want to reply to this. So she calls her lawyer and Her lawyer says as long as she is saying her opinion and not stating something as a fact, she can reply. I'm sure the lawyer said you probably shouldn't, (laughs) but I don't think Brie heard that part. And this is when Brie starts going off and like she keeps calling Kale a fat cunt and says she wants to call Kale a fat cunt. And I'm like, why are we caught? First of all, like you're not thin, Brie. Like you're (laughs) Brie calling someone fat. I'm like, I mean, Brie's not. I mean, I wouldn't say she's, like, very big, but, like, Brie's not teeny tiny. And she's, like, had multiple liposuctions and plastic surgeries. And I'm like, why are you calling Kale fat? Like, just drop the fat part of it. It's so stupid. It's so meaningless. It's weird coming from Brie, especially when she's telling Kale that she should run on the treadmill instead of running her mouth. I'm like, do you ever work out, Brie? Like, I don't think Brie works out. It's just really weird. It's like if somebody was mean to me and I called them a fat bitch, it'd be like, well, you're fat too, girl. Like, I I don't I don't know. It's weird. I think it's really gross that that was Brie's go-to. There's so many better insults. Um, And I also wish Brie would be like, yeah, I'm body shamer because she's a fat bitch. Like, if you want to call someone a fat cunt, like, stand in your power. Just stand in your power. Don't fucking backpedal and be like, that was, you film a scene where you're repeatedly calling her a fat cunt. 
And then you say you're going to send her a treadmill because she's a fat cunt. And then later you're going to be like, I didn't body shame her. Like, yes, you did. Of course you did. And you did on purpose because you fucking hate her and you wanted to. Like, just be just be like, yeah, I'm body shaming her because she's an ugly fat cunt. Like, just say it. <laughs> like, if that's what you're going to do, do it. And that's something that drives me nuts about Brie is that she has a very hard time, like, owning, like, she does all of this shitty stuff and then will be like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. It's like, well, yeah, you did. Of course you did. What do you mean you didn't mean it that way? Of course you did. I guess the lawyer said that he has no objection to Brie calling her a fat cunt because it's her opinion. Roxanne and Brittany are both like, girl, no, shut up. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. And this is when Brie decides that she's going to send Kale a treadmill so that she can run miles instead of running her mouth. Um, she says she's going to get the address from Chris. I don't know if that's like where she got the address from. I would imagine the address is listed in the lawsuit somewhere. Um, I would also imagine that Kale's address is easily found online. They're, all of their addresses are easily found online. Like, you just type in their name and their address and that shit will pop up. Like, everything is online. Um, but she said she's going to get it from Chris, but she doesn't actually confirm. So... Brie then, a little later, Brie and Britt are talking, and Brie goes, you know, I tried to keep the treadmill off social media. Brie, what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? You sent Kale a fucking treadmill. Of course Kale's going to talk about it. And you need to stand behind it. Like, if you're going to do that, that's on you. You don't get to then be like, I don't really understand why this got put on social media. Because you fucking sent her a treadmill. What are you talking about? Oh, God. And now Kale's like, or Bree's like, they're trying to say I fat shamed her and I didn't fat shame her. And it's like, okay, you did fat shame her. Uh, Brittany says that Bree is typical Karen energy, which, yeah. And then Bree says when she wins the lawsuit, she's going to send Kale a mirror, some clown makeup and a clown costume, which is very funny. I just, like I said, I just can't stand Bree doing this shit and then being like, I don't know. I didn't do that. I don't know why she thinks that way. It's like Kale and Brie are both so petty. I honestly, though, I think the reason that I another reason I'm on Brie's side is because Brie, like she might be like, I don't I try to keep it off social media. But then she's like kind of laughing like Brie knows what she's doing. And she she might say like, I'm not fat shaming her. But, like, she knows what she's doing. Kale, on the other hand, I think, like, when she says that Brie is the only one spending money, I think, like, in her head she genuinely believes that. I don't know. I feel like Brie lives on planet Earth and she just, like, denies shit and Kale believes what she's saying, which is way worse. So I guess after this episode aired, um, Kale has a Facebook group for one of her podcasts in which she was an admin. Now, no podcast should have a Facebook group. (laughs) I learned this with the Emotionally Broken Cycles Facebook group, which was active for about two years and was really great for maybe a year of it. But even that, it was, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say it wasn't worth it because that's how I like became friends with a lot of feathers in my hair. People Like that's how I met Princess and Kara and I mean, not really Troy, I think. Well, Troy to a certain extent. Yeah, Troy, like that's kind of how I found a lot of my close friends, um, like, my friend Christine, who's, like, my real-life friend. I That's how I found her through the Facebook group. So I don't want to say it was a mistake. Maria, like, Maria and I found each other in the Facebook group. Like, I definitely don't want to say it's a mistake. Um, but it it's 
it it imploded and every internet group always implodes i knew it would implode eventually i've been watching internet groups implode since 2003 maybe earlier on live journal like i knew it was only a matter of time and it imploded and when that happened i was like i'm shutting it down <laughs> i sent in the group chat saying i was ending the, i was shutting down the facebook group you can't delete facebook groups you can only archive them so nobody can post um, and I didn't think that was enough. So I archived it. And then I, one at a time, removed every single person from the group because that's what you had to do. I don't know if you still have to do that, but that's how you did it on Facebook in 2018. And that was the best decision I ever made to end that group because the reality is, is Facebook groups are hard to moderate. They're really hard to moderate um, and things get out of control quickly. And when you are officially part as a podcast host or any sort of like, influencer, content creator, or person with any sort of following online, when you have a Facebook group that you are an admin of, or you are like sanctioning and shitty stuff happens there, like your name, that's you. That's you. It doesn't matter if you didn't see it. It doesn't matter if you didn't post it. It doesn't matter if you didn't agree with it. Like anything that happens in your group, you are endorsing full stop. Um, the way that every situation gets handled, you are endorsing. And I learned that the really hard way. <laughs> I mean, not even the hard, like I knew that would happen. But yeah, I learned that the hard way. Um, I had never been, I'd only ever watched groups implode, like not, I've never been like a moderator of a group imploding. And so I learned that aspect the hard way. Um, and Kale really, should like these big groups shouldn't have Facebook groups. It every single one blows up. Every single one. Always, 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 always. So I guess Kale was an admin and then she left. I don't know. I saw some conflicting stuff that Kale wasn't an admin. She was just in a group. And then I saw that she was an admin, but she removed herself as an admin. Either way, it's like a, a Facebook group endorsed by Kale and she is in the group. It's based on her podcast. So it's like a Kale fan group. And they hate Brie, obviously, and one of the posters, one of the group members posted that she was going to post Brie's address, and I guess she did. Here's the thing. It's so fucking easy to find anybody's address in Florida. Uh, just if you know what county they are, just go to type in county property appraiser uh, or county property search, and their county will have an online search that is free and very easy to use. Florida has the sunshine laws in which everything in Florida is public record. That's why you hear about so many crimes in Florida, because all of the information is public, publicly available and easily accessible. Um, when I lived in Florida, I worked at a real estate law firm and like all day long, I was just searching properties on the Palm Beach County Appraiser Office, PAPA. Um, so it's like not a big deal, in my opinion, to be able to find Bree's address. It's not like this person had to like stalk to find it. If that house was bought in Bree's name, like I could find it in two minutes. Like it, if she bought that name under her last name DeSoto, it is findable very, very easily. Um, a lot of people in Florida will buy houses under LLCs and then have their attorney as like the registered agent on the LLC uh, as a means for privacy. Um, but in general, like it is extremely easy to find where people live in Florida. So I do want to say that because I mean, first of all, it's easy to find where all the team mom lives just via Google. But even if it's not on Google and they live in Florida, it's really easy to find. And I think that like Kale or I think that K the member of Kale's group wasn't doing something like crazy by 
finding it. I want to make that clear, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But she shouldn't have posted it. Um, It is public record, but, like, in a group that Kale's in and possibly moderates, she cannot have members of her group posting people's addresses online. (laughs) By people's, I mean people on her cast. Because if Brie moderated a Facebook group and that happened, Kale would lose her fucking mind. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you just don't do it, right? Like, it's just a bad look. Just don't do it. And Kale then gets online and posts in the group, like, I don't condone this, but it's too late. It's set off. There's a bunch of drama, of course. Brie is super pissed. She's like, I'm going to fight anybody, I think is what she said. Let me look at exactly what she said. Oh, look at what happened while I was recording. On May 13th, uh, Kale signed an agreement to post Brie's lawyer fees. <laughs> Brie just posted this online. Breaking news. Uh, Brie right? don't you ever, th- don't you in your, don't ever, <laughs> sorry, don't you ever in your life ever think it's okay to use the court system to bully someone? Your mother should have taught you better. I don't love when Brie brings up Kale's mom. <laughs> when you sign this agreement to pay my lawyer fees, I hope you felt like complete shit. Fuck you and you can suck my dick. I hope I get to see you so I can spit in your face. (laughs) It's not funny, but like it is funny. I'm dying to know what that exact number is. Because I'm sure it wasn't the whole $120,000. I'm sure they reached like an agreement, but I'm dying to know. (laughs) Okay, so after her address gets uh, posted in the Facebook group, and I guess it got announced somewhere on Instagram. Devoin says, they better stop playing. Must not know about Florida gun laws. Anybody show up to my daughter's doorstep, trip in, I'll smoke their ass. Simple. Uh, and he wrote, please know I don't condone either party's action. It's all childish, all irrelevant. Dudes live thousands of miles apart, just saying. And then Kale posted, I had no idea her dress was posted and I did not approve any posts regarding her or her dress. Hey everyone, my phone has been blowing up and I had no idea anyone's address was posted in here and I do not condone this. I just want to be very clear on that. Which is why you don't have a Facebook group because, I mean, <laughs> that's the things that happen. Um, so Brie had put, letting your minions post my address on your social media page will cause more issues. Don't start something that you can't finish. Also, if y'all really want to send me a gift, let me know. Roach spray won't be useful think of something better. Um, and then she said, posting my address on a fan page that you control is only making things worse. Please stop. So that actually wasn't that much drama between the two of them. <laughs> for their, like, as far as their concern for the way that they act, it wasn't that much. But now, of course, like, Brie, you know, she'll go off because that's what Brie does. But like I said, like, yeah, it's stupid for Brie to post that she's going to spit on Kale's face. Yeah, it's a low blow to mention her mom. But I just don't feel bad for Kale. Like, I, ju- I just don't feel bad. First of all, I, I find a lot of Brie's antics funny. And like I said, I think that that is a big part of why when I'm watching these interactions, I find myself on Brie's side because I just think she's funny. And Kale's not funny and like never is funny. And I will always side with the person who's being funny. (laughs) It just, it just, it's, it's my fatal flaw, I guess. Like, if you're being funny, like, and you're in a fight with someone, I might agree with you just because you're making me laugh. And, like, I see so many comments are like, it makes me impossible to root for Brie when she acts this way. She's so trashy. And it's like, 
well, why are you rooting for Bray? Like, guess what? You don't have to root for Bray. Like, you can just sit back and laugh. I think that this is really hard for, like, a lot of the Team Mom fandom because there are people that need to have a good guy and a bad guy. And Kale is always going to be their bad guy. And so they want Kale to be or Brie to be their good guy. But Brie is not ever going to be their good guy because Brie is just as petty and messy and shitty in many ways as Kale is. So, like... <laughs> You just need to, like, sit back and laugh. And for me, I think it's funny and I like watching Kale get back what she gives because she never gets it back. Nobody ever gives it back to her. So it's, like, fun to watch her get it back. (laughs) I think it's because everybody in Kale's life, like, bows down to her in a way that's, like, pretty infuriating to watch. So watching one person, even if that person is in the wrong and being an asshole, it's fun. Um, But, like... It's obviously everybody sucks here, right? Like, if you don't read Reddit Am I the Asshole, uh, there are three ways, four ways to judge posts. Not the asshole, you're the asshole, everybody sucks here, no one's the asshole. Even though every post on Am I the Asshole is fake, I love the language <laughs> of N-T-A-Y-T-A-E-S-H and N-A-H. Um, and everybody sucks here, right? Like, but sometimes I like and everybody sucks here. And if you can just admit that everybody sucks here, you can laugh. And, like, I don't really care if Brie is, like, threatening assault on Kale on Instagram. They're so stupid, all of these people. Just like I wouldn't care if Kale got on here and was like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Fuck you. Pull up. Like, okay, I don't care. The My only issue in this whole thing is Kale taking this real life with the lawsuit. Like, that is the... I want them to go to the Team Mom reunion and fight again. Like, that is something that I want to happen and I think should happen. As a reality TV viewer, I'm like, yeah, pull up and square up. Like, get meet in the middle somewhere and fucking fight. Like, do it. Like, <laughs> this is Team Mom. This is a piece of shit, trashy reality show. I don't care. The issue is, is when you force somebody to spend $120,000 in legal fees with a bullshit lawsuit. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad that Kale paid, has to pay those legal fees. Oh, it makes me so happy. All right, that's it for this week. I recorded this really early in my Saturday. Now I have the whole day and I'm feeling great about this. But I hope everybody has a lovely week. We'll see what happens between Kale and Brie between then and now. I'm sure there'll be a big flip out later in the day that I'll miss because I recorded earlier, but say la vie. Okay, follow me on Patreon, Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.